Hail and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another terrific Tuesday, friends. Torch Report 283, that which shall not be said. Threaded throughout every vein of the globalist scheme is the one thing that they never say, that one thing that's never said, that one thing that everybody kind of knows is there, but uh, we're just not going to talk about it. Friends, it's phenomenal. The fleecing, the gaslighting, the distractions, the smoke and mirrors, the political circus, the dog and pony show. You know, as more and more people wake up to the threat the very real threat, the very existential threat, the very imminent threat of the global cabal. Uh, as an increasing percentage of the population begins to bemoan the pompous arrogance and haughty hypocrisy of the global elite, we must never forget that the vast majority of people still have exactly zero idea of what's going on and absolutely no comprehension of their underlying motives. Present company excluded, of course, those who are here with me, the astute listeners of the Torch Report. I know that you know uh, what's going on here. You have a better idea and grasp of the reality than the vast majority of people. But there's always some things that we need to uh, focus on to keep track of the invisible hand to the best of our abilities. Now, there are a few news outlets that are out there covering the WEF's meeting in Davos this week. But, of course, the mainstream media still remains mum. No, no big surprise there. But how many people on the planet Earth do you think realize that this, you know, this small group of global elites, the global cabal, is meeting and discussing how to rule us all? How many people do you think realize that's what's going on right now? Over there in those swanky Swiss resorts, you know, where, where the most elite of the most elite are there plotting out our future. How many people are aware of that? Now, I, we're going to play with this, just some numbers here for a second. From uh, MSN.com, the mainstream liberal rag, I quote, the forum estimates this year's attendance involves the highest number of pol political and business leaders ever to make the trip up the mountain including more than 50 heads of state and government, uh, 56 different finance ministers, 19 governors of central banks, and 30 trade commissioners, and 35 foreign ministers. So that's you know a little information there. It's kind of factual. All told, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, invited some 2,500 of the most elite global players to attend in the, you know, the, at a forum in Davos. And there, of course, there are tens of thousands of more people who are in town to, you know, get down with all the ritzy dinners and the wild nightlife, including a, a plethora of prostitutes. Uh, link there in the article. It's just crazy what these people are doing over there. But think about it for a minute. You know, there are 2,500 people, 2,500 planning how to control the lives of all 8 billion other human beings on the planet. <laughs> okay, Can I guess the math on that, friends? That is 0.0000325% of the human population. So just uh, less than three hundredths of a thousandth of a thousandth. It's an incomprehensibly small number. Uh, a very small percentage of the human population that's trying to rule the world. That's all. You know, we, we can just acknowledge that. And of course, in all fairness, there are more tyrants than those who are in attendance there. But even a thousandfold increase hardly, 
makes a dent in that statistic. It's a very, very, very small percentage of the human population that wants to control the world. The vast majority of people are, you know, you know, just going about their business completely oblivious to the fact that there's a small group of people trying to rule the world. Uh, we should expect, I think, those of us who are engaged in civic discourse, we should expect that there's always going to be a few people trying to take over and you know control everybody else. But you know, understanding human nature, they understand human nature. They understand that human nature means you know the majority of people are going to embrace the the fact that they're being told what to do. They're going to adapt to whatever the agenda they roll out because people are always looking for leadership. And therefore, by you know just the basics of human nature, the vast majority of people are going to accept whatever arbitrary authority the global cabal imposes upon us all, such as life. And standing in opposition to this rise of global tyranny is only a slightly larger, but still minuscule percentage of the population, those of us who are actively engaging the conversation, raising the alarm, pointing out what's going on, saying this is wrong, you know, that that's a very small percentage of the population. The the bigger, vast majority of the population is is in the sway there. That's why it's a battle for the hearts and minds of humanity. A battle, you know, the, the percentage of people who are keen to the evil plots of the global cabal and passionately sounding the alarm over the current trajectory of things, you know, we have to convince people, persuade people that what is happening, you know, I know it sounds enticing, you know, to make everything sustainable and, and, and have diversity and equity and inclusion and, and save the planet. It all sounds really great, but guys, it's not what it seems, but unfortunately, the voices who are, are, you know, on this side, on the right side of human history here, trying to save us from the worst sort of tyranny, the total tyranny that becomes inescapable given the modern uh, weapons that they have. Ultimately, you know, we're drowned out. We're outnumbered. You know, it's hard to get a dent through the din of relentless propaganda and worse yet, you know, dissenting perspectives like yours truly, just the perspective of an ignorant peasant sharing my opinion with the public, you know, being targeted for elimination from the discourse under the guise of fighting disinformation. So algorithmic uh, social suppression, if you will, the censorship that is just so very subtle and so very sneaky. That's why it's so damn hard to get the word out and grow the audience when, you know, my, my primary focus is presenting counter-narrative perspective. That's what the algorithms are looking for. Sentinel surveillance, uh, algorithmic social interventions, weaponized AI. That's what I'm up against, that's what anybody who's speaking counter-narrative is ultimately up against, which is why, my friends, it is so, uh, it means so much to me that you guys share the Torch Report with your friends, with your family, with everyone you know, because that's the only way we can get the word out. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have been doing that. It's paying big dividends. I see people uh, signing up every day and it says right there, this is from reader sharing, and that means everything. So I can't say thank you enough. Now, Friends, uh, for all of us who have been paying attention to the, uh, you know, the government, the state-sanctioned censorship, this whole fight against disinformation and misinformation and malinformation, for all of us who have been paying attention, it's nothing new. In Davos today, January 17th, 2023, one of the keynote presentations was actually titled The Clear and Present Danger of Disinformation. 
the clear and present danger of disinformation. Zoinks, it's something everybody needs to be talking about, right? And uh, clear and present danger. Uh, what's that uh, Harrison Ford movie? That's a great show. It's an old uh, 90s action. Uh, but clear and present danger of disinformation? Really? Really? Now, who's presiding over this conversation? Who's directing this discussion? That's what I want to know. And, you know, presiding over this pressing issue, this clear and present danger of disinformation is none other than these three stooges. Number one, the disgraced bonehead, former CNN chief correspondent Brian Stelter. Uh, you might recognize that name because he was recently canned. Uh, they canceled his lame show because he's, you know, he's just a he's a progressive hack. But now he is uh, working. He has a fellowship at Harvard. He went from getting canned on CNN because he can't carry a conversation. He, uh, but he's now a fellow at the Harvard School of Government. And today he is overseeing the discussion, presiding over the clear and present danger of disinformation. Also on the panel is Arthur Greg Solzberger, the heir, the chairman, the former publisher of the never non-biased and utterly debased New York Times. Friends, the third person I want to point out here is the insanely egotistical Democrat Congressman Seth Moulton, straight out of mass, who, uh, along with making moronic secret trips <laughs> to Afghanistan during the disastrous withdrawal, uh, more recent secret trip to the Ukraine and all that, this guy ran a failed presidential campaign in 2020. So he's in on the action. He's a self-described progressive Democrat. And these guys are overseeing the clear and present danger of disinformation. They're the ones who are informing all of the most elite global leaders what to do about it. And of course, uh, it would be completely misogynist if the panel did not include a couple of female globalist hacks who are you know, going to round out the requisite appearance of gender equality and and feminism and women's empowerment and all that. So there's two uh, most likely not upstanding women there to to join in the fray. Uh, the first is Vera Hurova, the vice president for values and transparency for the European Commission. Uh, she's also the former EU commissioner for justice and gender equality. And she, point of fact, has been embroiled in controversies for taking bribes and Yet to this day, she's still a production of radical progressive initiatives. So I'm sure she's completely unbiased sitting on the panel for the clear and present danger of disinformation. Uh, the last person on the five person panel is Jean Bergalt, who is the president and CEO of the globalist propaganda machine, the Internews. It's like the interweb, but it's the Internews. And Internews purportedly supports independent media in 100 different countries. Internews specializes in providing news in war zones and rural communities all across the globe. And quite ironically, their motto is that information saves lives. Oh, they're going to keep people safe and save lives with information that is state-sanctioned propaganda. And though Bergalt herself has testified several times before the U.S. Congress about the, the dangerous nature of free speech, you know, she's out there saying, oh, information saves lives. No, only if it's the state-sanctioned information. In their own words, friends, these people believe that disinformation puts democracy under direct attack. Get that, you know? That, that disinformation puts democracy under direct attack. Those are her words. Jean, Jean Bergalt uh, talking to the U.S. Congress. When I heard those words, I thought, you know what? Man, 
I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I guess I'm misjudging these people's character. I'm sure they're all about uh, unbiased reporting and journalism and all that kind of stuff, uh, free speech and all that. that that's, what, that's what progressive Democrats are really all about. And it really sounds like, if you look at their language and their background, it really sounds like they're just really on the front lines in the fight for democracy, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like they're really fighting for democracy? Friends, these strategic communicators, these liars, these shysters, you know, who are directly influencing global communications are in fact absolutely critical in the battle for democracy, which as a reminder is the first step in a communist revolution. Yes, the first step in the revolution by the working class is to raise the proletariat to the position of the ruling class to win the battle of democracy. Direct quote from Karl Marx. May he burn in hell. Now, at any rate, friends, uh, these are the five individuals who are directing the globalist discussion on how to combat the spread of disinformation. It's kind of like the fox guarding the hen house, except this is much more sinister and wicked. Because these so-called experts are actively working to convince the world's leaders to adopt state-sanctioned censorship. And they are doing this without the faintest whiff of self-awareness or remorse. And what happens when they're successful? What happens when they convince all the leaders of the world to use the algorithmic social interventions and the sentinel surveillance and the weaponized AI to shut down political discussion, political discourse? No longer are there two sides hashing it out to find the best possible path forward. Now there's only the state-sanctioned narrative and everything else is disinformation, which is a threat to democracy. You see how that works? You know, ultimately, like all aspects of the globalist agenda, those people, these people, they believe that they have a moral imperative to keep people safe from misinformation. They have a moral imperative to impose their will upon the rest of us. And that's what this whole gathering is really all about. The WEF, the global elites gathering in Davos is all about convincing each other that what they are doing and what they are about to do must be done. It's a moral imperative. It would be morally wrong for them not to take control of the entire world. But let's zoom out just a little bit because... There's something that's not being said. Luke, what's not being said? What are you talking about? Well, let me just put it in a simple sentence for you. The globalists believe that they have a moral imperative to depopulate the planet, period. That's what's not being said. The globalists believe they have a moral imperative to depopulate the planet, and that's what this UN Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030 and all of it is, is based on. It's all it, There's a long history there, and we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, and I want to get into it more tomorrow, I think, about the Club of Rome and the uh, the population growth, uh, some of the, the underpining, underlining uh, philosophies and principles there, Malthusian uh, principles and all that. But they have openly admitted, here, you know, what do we know, just taking it at face value, if we say, you know, we'll steer clear of conspiracy without taking the time to document the history here, what do we know for sure? What we know for sure is that they have openly admitted to not needing the vast majority of the human population. 
period. You know, fast forward to the 21st century, we just don't need the vast majority of the human population. That's what they said. I didn't make that up. That's what they said. One of the WEF's forums. Okay, the links there in the article, so you can check it out. So uh, I say the Torch Report is the truth you can trust, friends. Obviously not because I'm asking you to take my word for any of the outrageous perspectives being presented, but because I provide you with the links to primary sources so you can dig in, do your own research, reading, and develop your own informed uh, decision. One of the reports here that I put a link into is the 2023 Global Risks Report put out by the WEF. And that Global Risk Report spells out the globalist theory of a triple planetary crisis of debt, population growth, and climate change. They are not uh, independent. They're all interconnected there. Debt, population growth, and climate change. This, These are the greatest risks facing humanity. And they, they, they put that out there. They spell it out there. They get into their strategies with how to deal with the debt, uh, the population growth, and the climate change without mentioning the fact that they actually intend to reduce the population to about 2 billion, Be, which, just to you know, get real clear, that's you know, 6 billion less than we have right now. Uh, but 2 billion, that's the level that the WEF quite unscientifically determined is the sustainable human population, according to the science, okay? Links there, friends. If you've not heard this before, you probably need to brush up and be, you know, up to snuff on what's going on here because this dark and sinister fact is, is being concealed behind the language, and it's language that most people are never going to question because it sounds good. Diversity, equity, inclusion, sustainable development. But their language has a hidden higher meaning, a socialistic interpretation. This is all coming straight out of the Communist Manifesto. Now, when I read in their report, the 2023 Globalist Risk Report, that the uh, entire countries will be unable – this is a quote – Unable to scale food production to meet the demands of population growth. Now, I read that and I'm like, wow, they're talking about, wow, you know, uh, we're unable to scale food production to meet the demands of population growth. Population growth must be a really big problem, you know. Now, I am reminded when I read those kind of words that starvation may very well be central to their plan. Friends, in fact, I'm just, you know, spoiler alert, I believe that it is. And I put the link there into the article. Uh, it was Torch Report 196, starvation is their strategy. Talking about the baby food shortages, talking about, you know, killing over 40 million birds, talking about, uh, you know, trying to transition people into eating bugs and genetically modified organisms and all this kind of crap is going on because starvation it's part of their plan, but keep in mind, it's a global level plan. So uh, the, the 2023 Global Risks Report actually states that they intend to uh, have a sharper focus. Those are their words. They say a sharper focus is needed to create dietary shifts and to decouple unsustainable patterns of food production and consumption. Now, to control the production and consumption of food, that's communism. But they want to put a sharper focus on dietary shifts, meaning not eating meat because you need to eat bugs, own nothing, and be happy. You know, whether you agree with it or not, that's the only way to save the planet. And if some people starve because they don't have enough food, that's not really their problem. They're going to be okay. But, you know, you and I might have to depend on our own uh, self-reliance and industriousness or, you know, work together, local food collaboratives and that kind of a thing. But 
nevertheless, you know, we cannot continue on the path that we're going because if we do, humanity's going to destroy the planet. Ah, you know, what's not being said is the fact that this agenda will require tyranny on a scale that's never before been experienced in human history. To take control of the means of production and consumption at the global level requires global tyranny. You know, as Yuval Harari stated throughout history many times, tyrants have tried to rule the world, but they didn't have the raw data. They didn't have the quantum computers that they needed to enslave the whole of humanity in an inescapable surveillance state. But now they do, and they intend to use it. And that's what they're talking about this week over there in Davis, Davos. Just to connect uh, connect a few dots here, friends, and close up with, with, uh, with the anti-government protests that are erupting all around the world, because the will of the people, the will of the peasants is being repeatedly abused, steamrolled by the global cabal, uh, who the global cabal is intentionally destroying all aspects of their lives to implement a great reset. Of course, that's why people are pissed off, you know, but the greatest threat to the totalitarian takeover is, in fact, the free flow of news and information. If the word gets out that everybody's talking and, and protesting against this, then that, you know, that gets people fired up with the idea that they can resist and resist we must, that they can overthrow the tires and say, piss off, we're not going to do it with peaceful noncompliance and civil disobedience, a la the uh, Martin Luther King style. Now, that's why the clear and present danger of disinformation, that panel is such a critical component to the globalist plan, uh, as is the using of generative AI governing, governing the metaverse, ushering humanity into a global digital village, Implementing global digital currency via the policymaker toolkit for CBDCs, uh, tokenizing the global economy. All this stuff is what they're talking about. Uh, but none of this progressive agenda would ever stand a chance. They couldn't do any of these things unless they first control the narrative. Hence the front and center fight against disinformation. Friends, the sustainable development goals don't stand a chance unless they control the narrative. Their depopulation agenda doesn't stand a chance unless they control the narrative. The enslavement of humanity doesn't stand a chance unless they control the narrative. The increasingly heinous crimes against humanity will never stand a chance unless they control the narrative. And friends, make no mistake, they do control the narrative. They just don't control all of the narrative, but they want to. They really want to. And in fact, they have to. They intend to. It's their more imperative. They have plans to, and they will take control of the entire narrative unless there is enormous enormous public outcry, pushback, and political accountability. Friends, unless there are more anti-government protests all around the world demanding respect for the basic human right to speak our minds, compare our perspectives, and make our own informed decisions, uh, let alone decide what we eat and how we want to cook it and all that, friends, if we can't do that, we're screwed. <laughs> all of that said, don't lose sight of the fact that of all of the headlines coming out of Davos, what's destined to impact us most of all are the facts that shall never be said. Never forget to read between the lies, my friends. Stay wise. <laughs> and that is the message of my heart for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And above all else, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this anti-tyrannical Tuesday, and I will look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh.